Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. Good morning on a Bracket Monday. We've got them. Brackets are in hand. There it is. Is it filled out? That's the question. We'll find that out. We'll discuss it. We will discuss brackets all morning long. And the Vols in the SEC tournament, a lot to discuss. Lady Vols in the NCAA tournament as well. Good morning. I am Vince Ferrara in for Tyler Ivins. Once again, T.I. will be back tomorrow morning, always alongside driving the bus and the boss of this show, Logan Ward. Good morning. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm just so excited that we are finally to the NCAA tournament. We are. It's always crazy. It's it. The conference tournaments get so forgotten. Like we, you, the brackets come out so quickly after those conference tournaments are over. You flush everything. It's like, wait, we never even talked about exactly. One. Yeah, we will not make that mistake with the Vols. We will look into the brackets so much, and and the biggest thing that matters, I get that, is the NCAA tournament. It is a tournament sport, as they say. So. That will be the focus, but we're not just going to flush what happened for the Vols on Friday against Missouri. So we will break that down. We'll talk about the Lady Vols. There is a lot to discuss. All the other things that happened in uh, in the sports world, there's a number of things we'll quick hit on as well. But we will be here until 9 a.m. And you can always listen to us, of course, on the radio, 99.1 AM, 990. But we're always on the free WNML mobile app. Download that bad boy. There's a lot of new features that are on the way to that. So you want to make sure you you get in on it now so you don't miss anything. And then also, we're always streaming at 991thesportsanimal.com. Daily content on the Vols. Check that out. And then, of course, if you have smart speakers, just that's an easy way for you to uh, to give the command and listen to us as well. All right. We do it each morning at this time. It's the morning buzz. Logan Ward, the Tennessee Volunteers with a quarterfinals exit against Missouri on Friday, 79 to 71. Then the tournament bracket came out last night and the Tennessee Vols earn a four seed. Not a surprise, but Tennessee is in the East region and they are a four seed and they will play 13 seed Louisiana Thursday for round one in Orlando. There's a lot of hopes that it would be Greensboro, North Carolina. That would be the closest regional. Birmingham was uh, geographically close as well. Orlando, I'm sure some they'll be they'll be Orange and Vols fans that will make their way down there. It's a little bit longer of a trip. And then the tip time is 940 yeah, p.m. Yeah, that's Eastern absurd. Time. Completely absurd. <laughs> what the, are we even doing? For those that get up at this uh, yes. this hour. Oh, it's awful. Hours earlier, it is rough. But somebody's got to play that. A&M actually has a later tip time. So, But it, it's what happens. We'll, we'll be juiced up for it one way or the other. It'll suck on the back end. <laughs> but what do you think? Tennessee as a four seed against Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. You know, I, th- I think it's about right. I think the way that this thing has been trending for Tennessee so far, four seeds about right. 
Louisiana is a tough matchup. If you don't play good, if you play your C to C minus game, Jordan Brown for Louisiana, he can score a lot of points. If you play your C minus game, Tennessee, you could get beat. But ultimately, I think that you uh, face Duke uh, in the second round. Uh, elsewhere around the bracket, Alabama, of course, they're the number one overall seed as they took down Texas A&M yesterday, blew out Texas A&M 82-63 to win the SEC championship. The other three number one seeds are Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. In total, eight SEC teams made the field. Uh, Vanderbilt did not. I saw a lot of people laying out the case for Vanderbilt, much like what they did with Texas A&M last year. I think that Texas A&M last year had a better case of making the tournament than Vanderbilt did this year because they got to the championship game down in Tampa. Ultimately, it came down to Vanderbilt beat absolutely nobody. I th- I think they beat Maryville College and Johnson College for you know a couple times in the regular season. It just comes down to you have to have a good strength of schedule out of conference-wise. But Alabama, the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I know you want to reward the non-conference, those are scheduled tough in non-conference, but Vanderbilt had a lot of really good wins. And it was similar to A&M this year. They had a terrible non-conference, and then they were able – to get a lot of quality wins and quad one wins and Vanderbilt had more quad wins than a number of teams that got in. It still to me should be the big picture. Okay. You can schedule a better non-conference, but man, if, if their conference that they are beating teams, I think you should award teams that are beating good teams rather than just, uh, we scheduled tough, but we lost at least we scheduled tough. Okay. Congratulations. All right. The lady Vols also a four seed in the NCAA tournament. Tennessee is in the Seattle three region and Tennessee is a four seed. That means Knoxville will host NCAA tournament games this weekend on Saturday. It'll be four seed Tennessee against uh, A-10's St. Louis Billikens who finished the regular season at 17 and 17. So Tennessee will be the favorite there. Women's tournament, very chalky. I think that's, even above what some might have thought because they lost to South Carolina in the tournament championship game, but that win over LSU apparently moved the needle. Yeah, I think they were a projected five seed basically yeah. for the last you know week or so after the SEC tournament, but hey, the Lady Vols in at number four. The morning buzz every single morning here on TSL brought to you by Heritage Realty. Go see uh, our friends over at HeritageRealtyKnox.com. Phone number 865-288-4148 if you want the latest in property management and selling as well. Searches all over Knoxville, Maryville, Louisville, Farragut, Alcoa, Oak Ridge, Powell, and even down in Lenore City. That's our friends over at HeritageRealtyKnox.com. What happened to the Vols on Friday against Missouri in the 79-71 loss? We'll talk about that. Tell you what we saw next, it's the starting lineup of Vince Ferrar in for Tyler Ivins. We're on 99.1, the sports animal. The NCAA tournament bracket is out. Tennessee is a number four seed in the East region and will play 13 seeded Louisiana on Thursday on Orlando, Florida at 940. The winner will take on the winner of Duke and Oral Roberts. Alabama is the top overall seed in the country. The, the, the other three number one seeds are Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. The SEC had eight total teams in the field. The Lady Vols, their number four seed and will play at home in Knoxville on Saturday against the 13 seeded St. Louis. In NASCAR yesterday, William Byron, who took home the checkered flag of Cup Series racing at Phoenix, back-to-back wins for William Byron. And in golf, Scotty Scheffler, he shot a round 469 to win the players yesterday. It's 6-11, recapping Tennessee and the SEC tournament, looking ahead to the NCAA tournament. That's coming your way next here on TSL. Have a good morning. I'm Logan Ward.
Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Six seventeen here on this Monday bracket Monday morning. Hope you're doing well. Be safe out there today. We're going to discuss and already have a little bit the Tennessee Volunteers in the SEC tournament, the Tennessee Volunteers in the NCAA tournament as four seeds, fifth consecutive NCAA tournament berth for Tennessee. Twenty three and ten. They'll take on fourteen seed Louisiana. We'll get into that. But first things first, and we're doing everything we normally do. On Monday morning. So we're going to bring all those features to you again today. I'm Vince Ferrar in for Tyler Evans, Logan Ward alongside as well. But first things first, got to put a bow on what happened in the SEC tournament in Nashville on Friday with Tennessee losing to Missouri 79 to 71. And we talked about it on Friday morning for Tennessee to win this game. They needed to be in the sixties. Logan brought it up. I agreed. And then we ran through all of Missouri's losses on the season. And every single one of those losses, Missouri was sub 70 points. They did not lose a game where they scored in the 70s all season long. Missouri lights out when they shoot more than one, almost every game when they shot 33% or more from three-point range. When they hit seven three-pointers, they were almost perfect on the year. Great record when they make more threes than the opponent. Now, that wasn't the case because both teams ended up exactly 10 of 26. And it's not that you were outshot from three-point range because you were not if you're Tennessee. The point is, is this Tennessee team has to play great defense and then be efficient enough on offense to beat teams. That is Tennessee's recipe. They are based on defense. They are not outgunning anyone. They're not winning shootouts with this team the way it's constructed right now, especially post Zakai Ziegler. And I think that was another thing that was shown and highlighted and reinforced in this game that much like the regular season finale, without Zakai Ziegler, this team still is trying to one, figure itself out, two, does not defend like one of the best defensive teams in the country, period. Now, can they figure something out? They're, for them to be as good as they were defensively, you need more than just one person. I, I don't believe that they go from being the best defensive team in a number of categories in the country with Zakai Ziegler to suddenly being middle of the pack in college basketball without Zakai. He is very important. 
but they still have other really good defenders on this team, but they still haven't figured it out. We Jimmy Himes and I have again got a chance to be in there in Nashville, go to the post game interviews, and the theme was the same. Whether it was players and what they told us, whether it was me talking to Greg Polinsky, Jimmy heard the same thing from Justin Ganey. We're still trying to figure out how to best play without Zakai Ziegler, and a big part of that is defensively. So they're they're saying Polinsky told me. It's not an excuse, but it's our reality right now. We still have confidence in, in us being able to do that and figure it out, but it is still a learning situation for us right now. And Logan, that was indicative to me because it wasn't just the three-point shots. Is they had no answer to Kobe Brown either. And in that second half, when they grind out a game, now you're having to defend at this high level and you can't get out to three-point shooters as well. You you don't stop the drive gaps as well. I think it, it the the season and the grind offensively takes a toll on them. And then we saw it back-to-back days, second half, Mizzou made seven of 12 three-pointers in the second half. Yeah, they're just a better basketball team. I mean, it is what it is right now. Right now, Tennessee... Being a four seed without Zakai Ziegler, I got to be very honest with you. And and I get that the the committee was evaluating what Tennessee has done from the start of the year to now, as they should. Wins over Texas, Kansas, Alabama, Arkansas, a bunch of great teams. But without Zakai Ziegler, Tennessee is a middle-of-the-pack SEC team. Tennessee is a middle-of-the-pack type of NCAA tournament team. They're just not... They're a good team. They're not a great team without Zakai Ziegler. If if they got to play a team with really good guard play, I'm looking ahead to Duke in the second round. If you have really good point guard play and Tennessee has to go up against that, I think we all know the direction that this thing is heading. I agree. But that's still, you expected to see, I expected to see, at least Tennessee to be able to have some adjustments and answers to the first meeting with Missouri in Thompson Bowling where they gave up 18 threes. And I expected that as well. And here's another crazy thing. How about the fact for the second game in a row, they hit a buzzer beater at the end of the, uh, to go into half. <laughs> yeah, I know that's crazy. Look how that a lot of players and everyone was talking about how, monumental that was in the first game when they ran away from Ole Miss and the momentum that gave them. I mean, usually teams that do that start great in the second half and then win. And the ironic thing is it happened to them at the end of games twice, including with Missouri back-to-back games. And now they did it to an opponent at halftime, but then they weren't able to use that in the second half. And Missouri came out hot fairly early. I think Tennessee bumped the lead up just a, a skosh, and then Missouri started to come back and hit their threes. But uh, that it's it's it was disappointing that this team has had such a drop off defensively and still has those up and downs. Uh, Josiah Jordan James, who was unbelievable in round one, three points, one rebound, did have three assists. Turned the ball over three times, 21 minutes. Now, there was some foul trouble in there also, but, man. It, uh, I, no, actually, there wasn't. Yeah, there was, he did pick up uh, 
Um, well, I guess he was he was sat for a portion of the first half, but then didn't really have a foul in the second half. But man, it was for this team without Zakai Ziegler and with as as much as they have to share the scoring load, they just side Jordan James to be a higher scorer than that. Now they had five guys in double figures, but Jonas Adu didn't wasn't able to contribute in the post. None of their bigs really, except for Olivier Kamwa, were able to to give them points. Urosh zero points. Tobe zero points. Adu zero points. Olivier eleven. You can't have your four bigs combined for eleven points, even though they're not other than they're not really natural scores. Yeah, they need something from one of those guys, you want it to become a Waka, Euros, you're kind of taking what you can get from them. Euros is more in there just because of a, he's more of an enforcer type of role like you see in hockey. He's not really going to give you that much. But when he does, you would obviously take that. But it comes back to Josiah Jordan-James and it really vents. You know, I think that Josiah Jordan-James' career in Knoxville kind of sums up Tennessee's tenure in that time as well, where one game, they look really good. They looked really, really good in the second half against Ole Miss, as did Josiah Jordan-James, and then you come out the next game and you look like that. It's just an inconsistent basketball team. We're here March 13th. That's not good looking ahead to the future. Three of their four bigs had a combined four rebounds. Jonas, one. Urosh, one. Tobe, two. Now, Kamwa got into double digits with a double-double, 10 rebounds. But even the four of them combined with 14? Eh, I need more than that. And, you know, unfortunately, Santiago Vescovi, it's such a... He exhausts everything on the floor in the post game. He was man, Jimmy Himes was standing right next to him and doing interviews in the locker room, but he was just staring in the ground. He, he took that very hard. He hates to lose, but they got to get the guy some help because he is doing so much. We'll talk more about Tennessee, the reality of this team coming out of the sec tournament, considering what their seed is. We'll discuss that next. He's Logan Ward. I'm Vince Ferrara. In for Tyler Ivins this morning. It's the starting lineup, 99.1, the Sports Animal. 6.32 on the starting lineup. Good morning. I'm Vince Ferrara. In for Tyler Ivins. Logan Ward in the house. Appreciate you joining us. Wrapping up Tennessee and Missouri from the SEC tournament on Friday. Vols bounced in the quarterfinals of the tournament, of course, eventually won by Alabama. And look, being there, it was an am- amazing atmosphere in there. It was awesome. I, I, I it was a really good tournament. I haven't gone back to watch it on the the replay on TV yet. Could you? Could you feel that? Could you grasp? The, the great atmosphere, the intensity on television, Logan? Yeah, so I, you could really get a feel for it Friday night, Kentucky-Vanderbilt, because, I mean, obviously Kentucky travels anywhere. The tournament right. could be out in, you know, San Diego, California, and it's, mm-hmm. it's all Big Blue Nation. And then you could really feel it yesterday afternoon with all the Alabama fans there. But during Tennessee-Missouri, did it feel like a eh, normal yeah, ballgame? Yeah, you know, it was okay. Normal. Uh, we've seen bigger Tennessee crowds at SEC tournaments than – and I think that we probably did this week. All right. So maybe the intensity of the game, maybe that didn't translate, but you could feel it. You could hear it. That game that was it was going back and forth, 
it was pretty cool being in there and, and feeling the intensity. I know it was stressful for Tennessee fans. Maybe there's been bigger Tennessee crowds, but man, there is a lot of juice in that building. Really cool uh, for uh, you know just to to be a part of, even though obviously didn't go Tennessee's way. I'll, I'll say say this: talking to the the coaches and the players afterwards, especially Greg Polinski, assistant coach. I asked them, is it is it Missouri that they did something? Was it your breakdowns? Is it Missouri's personnel, or do they do anything scheme-wise that makes them a, a tough cover? And he said, you know what? it They are a, a difficult cover for anybody. The way they run their offense, the way they move and screen and some of their offensive action, uh, it does make it difficult. Mizzou had some good looks. But they made some tough shots too, which is also the case in Thompson Bowen Arena. And so you have guys that can, a lot of guys that can make shots. And, and obviously, when you have two guys that go for over 20 points, I mean, Hodge is just killing them with the three pointers in the second half. And then Kobe Brown, they can play on every level. That is a dude. Second best player in the SEC after Brandon Miller. Let's I say. agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. One t- he put Toby Owaka on a spin cycle, and then for to do it to that guy, he, it was one on one in the post, and he smacked the basketball like, "All right, I'm going to work now." And he gave him a move inside. It completely turned Toby around, and Toby has been so good in defending and rebounding. That was crazy to see, but uh, be interesting to see what Missouri because they're they are they have a they have a high ceiling of playing well and they've had some some duds this year as well. I say this about about Tennessee and the four seed. What you mentioned in the last segment being a four seed, I agree. I, there, I wondered how much they would punish Tennessee. If use that term air quote punish them for not having the uh, their most important player in my opinion, in Zakai Ziegler. That's not saying no one else is important because there's a lot of really important players on the team, but they don't have anyone that can do what Zakai does. Without him, you could argue uh, there's he's right there with any other team that is missing a player. I think Jalen Clark from UCLA, who's also one of the best defenders in the country. Pac-12 Defender of the Year. And Zakai was a finalist for yeah. National Defensive Player of the Year also. I think those two, we'll see when the colors at Kansas, there's a number of teams that are dealing with injuries. Jimmy Dyke said, I don't think anyone is bigger than Zakai Ziegler missing from Tennessee. No, they're not. Right. Because, I mean, I mean, you mentioned Kansas, and Jalen Wilson's still there. Grady Dick is still there. They, they still have some other point guards there as well. And then out at UCLA, still, you know, um, um, Yaquez, still Tyre Camel, still a whole bunch of really good freshmen on that team. It's just, Tennessee, you could not have lost Zakai Ziegler. You could have lost anyone else and got by. Maybe not Santiago Vescovi. Maybe, you know, Vescovi and Ziegler, clearly, you don't want to lose anybody. But right up there, Ziegler was a... As soon as he went down, Vince, everyone knew that this was going to be a, a really hard team to get over to the finish line and make it to the second weekend. Absolutely. So I think what the biggest thing is this team, I think you lower the ceiling of what their upside could be. With Zakai Ziegler, 
we saw them beat the number one team in the country in Alabama. And that's the upside where they had all those really good wins, as good of wins in quad one as anybody. I mean, they've beaten all, they have a perfect record against the, all the one and two seats. Yeah. So, but then that was their, their ceiling is good and being able to beat anyone. They don't have that ceiling anymore. So I think there's, to me, there's just more of a limit unless something completely changes. And during this time before Thursday, they're able to figure some things out and maybe someone else, or maybe Rick Barnes makes adjustments. Maybe someone takes their game to another level. Maybe someone's given the freedom to be a creator when they haven't been all, something has to change other than them just doing it. I'm not saying that's going to happen, yeah, but it would need to. Yeah, it's March 13th. This Tennessee team, they're just, they are what they are at this point. You would have liked it to happen, you know, several games ago. You would have liked to have Tennessee develop B.J. Edwards Developed some other point guard options two months ago. It came at a bad time. If if Zakai Ziegler went down, you know, a month and a half ago and you still had a couple of games in SEC play to, you know, get some things going out. Since he had a very backloaded SEC schedule, we yeah. all realize that. But you still would have got some more games under your belt. I mean, Rick Barnes has said how many times the last several games we're just trying to figure out how to play without Zakai Ziegler. I get it, as you should. That doesn't say a whole lot of what everyone else should expect looking into the tournament with this team. And by the way, still no BJ Edwards. So that's not. Yeah, he's not an option. No, he's not. I know it's frustrating for some fans that wanted to see BJ Edwards a lot sooner and the early playing time, and maybe he's ready, but they didn't think he was ready. And Rick Barnes, you need to show it in practice with maturity, with understanding of what's going on. Uh, and then also there's a there's a lot of other guys in front of them that could handle the ball when they needed it because it was Zakai handling the point for so much, and then you got away with the minutes with the other guys. So he wasn't going to take those guys off the floor for BJ. Now maybe you do sacrifice, and he did not. But that's that was the thinking is you got to earn your game minutes based on practice. And they felt like it would take time. It took some time for him to do that. But since the Kai Ziegler has come down, they've gone other directions other than, than BJ Edwards. And um, it's a shame. I had more expectations for him to play this year than he did, but it seems like they're going to need to figure it out with the guys that uh, have handled the ball to this point. All right. A lot more on Tennessee's path in the NCAA tournament. Does it end on Thursday? Does it end on Saturday with Duke? What what's what's the the challenge of the raging Cajuns in round one? We will get into that as the show goes on as well. A lot to recap, brackets, give you some stats on what's going on, a whole lot more. It's blank space. That's next. He's Logan Award Events Ferrar. It's the starting lineup. 99.1, the sports animal. Events, good morning. The NCAA tournament bracket is out. Tennessee is the number four seed in the East region and will play 13-seeded Louisiana on Thursday night in Orlando, Florida. Tip-off is scheduled for 9.40 p.m. The winner of that game will face the winner of Duke and Earl Roberts. Alabama is the number one overall seed in the tournament. The other three number one seeds are Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. In total, eight SEC teams made the field. And the Lady Vols, they're a four seed in the women's tournament and will play the 13-seed St. Louis on Saturday in Knoxville. 
Bowl. In the NFL yesterday, the Rams are trading away cornerback Jalen Ramsey for the Dolphins in exchange for a tight end and a 2023 third-round pick. And NASCAR William Byron, he took on the checkered flag of Cup Series racing at Phoenix. And in golf, Scotty Scheffler, he shot a round 469 to win the players. It's 641 Blank Space coming up next year on TSL. Have a good morning. I'm Logan Ward. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 648, good morning. Bracket Monday. Much more on the brackets. Some things you need to know to fill out your brackets or at least maybe scratch out what you've already done. Maybe we'll change your mind. Maybe we won't. We'll uh, we'll see. We'll throw some info and, and obviously discuss Tennessee's path on the way. He's Logan Ward of Vince Ferrara in for Tyler Ivins here on the starting lineup. Monday morning staple is blank space. Let's do it. All right, events. We now know that Tennessee will be a number four seed in the NCAA uh, tournament and will play the 13 seed Louisiana. Blank is how far you see the Vols going in the tournament. Second round. And look, I'm nervous about the first round. I will advance Tennessee against Louisiana. Tennessee is listed as a 14th ranked team by the NCAA, and they did the bracket in Louisiana 54th. Louisiana, some of their metrics are not great, but they got a really good lead scorer. And they they play they can really shoot the ball uh, and do a lot in the paint. They do some things that could give Tennessee some trouble. But I will say second round because I don't know anybody's playing better in Duke right now, and they're sitting there waiting on them. Yeah, Duke's the hottest team in the country right now. What they did post that Virginia loss that kind of came with some controversy there at the end with Filipowski going to the rim, and they called an offensive foul in that one. What they've done since then, I believe an eight-game winning streak, winning the ACC tournament against a slow, slugging-out type of team in Virginia. Tennessee is just not playing that great. You know, I don't. I think that they win. You know, Thursday, no problem. And I'm sure, quite frankly, it's Tennessee basketball events. They're going to look really dominant doing so. Then they're going to come out Saturday and not look that good against Duke. <laughs> I say second round. The SEC. They have eight teams in the tournament. Of the teams, blank is the team that will go the furthest. Well, I, I think it's Alabama. And look, I, there's been times where on this show, on Sports Talk, on other shows that I, I've pointed out some things that concern me a little bit about Alabama. And going into the SEC tournament, I had even more concerns about Alabama. But, man, they look like they got right. Who knows? Maybe that doesn't end. But, man, they they look like they got their swagger and their playback in Nashville. And if they're playing that way. They deserve to be the number one overall seed, and they're as good as anyone. I haven't filled it out. I don't know about national championship yet, but I think that they're the best, and they'll they'll go the farthest in the tournament. Yeah, I'm going to say it's Alabama as well. In fact, I already have them penciled in to make it the final four. Whenever you have their two point guards, you know, Brandon Miller, he's great. He's going to score his 15 to 20 points a game. He's, you know, going to be the first college player taken in the draft. 
But whenever they have Javon Quinterly and Mark Sears, when those two guys are problems for opposing defenses and they're making shots like they did yesterday, Saturday they didn't look that good against Missouri in the first half. Then they started to turn it on late. If Sears and Quinterly are hitting shots consistently, this team can win the national title. i got to say it's Alabama. Aaron Rodgers says that a decision won't be long on where he will play at next year. Blank is where Rodgers is the quarterback at. You know, everybody's saying the Jets, and honestly, it is looking a lot more like the Jets than I would have expected it to even be at this point. Jets sending people out there to to uh, the whole staff to get them. But they haven't got them yet. And so I'm going to go a little contrary. I'm going to say Green Bay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's banned me from being on yeah, the show. Yeah, I saw again. Tyler throw something. <laughs> uh, look, it's not. It's it's purely a guess, but I, I will say that because it's Aaron Rodgers, so he's not always going to do what everybody thinks he's going to do. This is true. We might see another four day darkness period become before he actually makes his. You'll see that from Tyler if <laughs> oh, he goes back oh, to Green Bay. Yeah, so we got to get Tyler up. In a dark room, if he goes back to Green Bay. I do think it will be the Jets, though. I just think him and Green Bay, they had a great run. The relationship, it was bad at times, but I think that they are going to leave on good terms. Listen, I want to see him retire with Green Bay and have his jersey, you know, retired there. I do think it's going to be the Jets. And, I mean, honestly, you know, i like the Jets to come really close to win that division that's going to be a tough tough division them buffalo new england we'll see offensive coordinator maybe i guess you know bill o'brien's there now and also miami as well that is a tough tough division i will say it is the jets though uh every year we see of course a number one seed fall short of the final four blink is the number one seed that bows out first Wow, here it, this is tough because the numbers tell you Purdue because those teams that have uh, from the Big Ten are have been the most frequent to bow out early, and I think Houston is the most vulnerable of the one seeds. But as typically happens, I don't like a lot of the other teams that are there that I want to pick to upset them. Like they're all bunched it together in other regions. The most dangerous second round game, one eight potential if it's chalk to me, is Kansas if they get eight Arkansas. Yeah. So it's I guess I gotta pick one. I will say Houston, but especially if they don't have Sasser and we don't know that. But I don't even though I don't like anyone there, but man, I think I think Arkansas, Kansas is another one. It's funny because Alabama, I see them having no problems with Maryland, West Virginia, Purdue, and it's the same thing with Kansas. I mean, if our, I think Arkansas is is going to take down Illinois and come out of that side. And then on the other side, Memphis, FAU, FAU can score. Memphis, they looked really, really good yesterday against, you know, I get it. It's, it's a banged up Houston team, but Purdue and Kansas, they have tough second round matchups. I'm going to say it is Purdue, though. Outside of Zach Eady, I don't trust what Purdue has on the perimeter. You need NBA style of players on the perimeter to win in March. Memphis has that. FAU, they might have that. They have better athletes than Purdue uh, you know, on the perimeter. I'm going to say it's Purdue. I think they go out in the second round to either who wins, Memphis or FAU. Last one, the Lady Falls, they're a fourth seed and will take on St. Louis in Knoxville on Saturday. Blank is how far Kelly Harper's team goes in the tournament. 
I will say it, it. Tennessee would play in. They play St. Louis. They would play the winner of Iowa State in Toledo. After that, I will say, and it would be in Knoxville. I will say Sweet Sixteen for the Lady Vols. I think it'll be tough after that because then you're likely looking at Virginia Tech, the one seed, and uh, Andre Carter was raving about them. And, uh, and how worthy they are, 27 and, and 4 is a one seed. So I will say the Sweet 16 for the Lady Vols, but I, I I would be surprised if it goes beyond that. Yeah, I'm going to say a Sweet 16 as well. I would like to see this team if they were fully healthy and, you know, without key this season. Yeah. I think if she was in there, we saw them in the regular season, you know, early on while she was playing, they played a lot of close games against Indiana. They, you know, I believe lost by, you know, less than five in that game. And Indiana's picked to go to the final four. I'm going to say it's the sweet 16. I really, though, I would like to see what Kelly Harper's team would have done if they were just 100% fully healthy. Agreed. All right. That is blank space. He's Logan Ward. I'm Vince Ferrara. Our number two, a reset the headlines. Talk about Tennessee's bracket. What's uh, what's ahead? What does Louisiana bring to the table? We'll break that down in hour number two next here on 99.1, the Esports Channel. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Pop, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen.